Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Today, Andrew continues his teaching on who God is and who we are, recorded live from the 2019 Grace and Faith Conference in Telford, England. You need to recognize that you were an absolute mess before Jesus saved you. Apart from God's influence in your life, you just don't realize how perfect God created us to be. And now, here's Andrew. I say this in love, some of you aren't going to like this, but you know, it's like when you pet a cat against the grain and all their hair stands up. The way you solve that is not to quit petting. You just turn the cat around and you keep petting. And if what I say rubs you the wrong way, repent, turn around, and it'll go to feeling good. But did you know if you're real overweight, you know what? You have indulged your flesh. You are satisfying your lust. That is not a godly trait. We accept it as being, well, this is just normal. It's my genes. No, it's not, it's not your genes. It's what's in your genes. It's you. And you have fulfilled the lust of the flesh. The only way you get fat is to eat more than you need more often than you need it. Anybody miss that? Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. You were by nature a child of wrath, even as others. We've accepted this. People today just accept that, you know what, I'm just, I'm an addict here. I've, I've got this addiction. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. And we blame it on our genes and stuff like that. The Bible says that you have control over you. Your life is going the way you think. It is not because of your genes. It's not because of some deficiency in your genetic makeup. It's because you have not resisted the devil, and that's the reason that Satan is running roughshod over you. Thank you for that thunderous silence. And people don't like what I'm saying because you're saying there's something wrong with me. That's exactly what I'm saying, amen. I'm saying that we at our core are an absolute mess. And it's only when you quit trusting in yourself and you go to trusting in God that you are going to find freedom. And one of the worst things that's happened is our society has increased and we've now got medicine and we've now got uh, psychiatrists and we've got all of these coping mechanisms that allow you to survive, not to thrive. You'll never be the person God wants you to be, but you can cope. You can limp through life on social security or whatever you call it over here, welfare. You, you'll have enough money that you can survive, but you don't have to deal with the root of the problem. And so you just allow things to fester. I'm telling you, it's not all of these other things. It's not what other people do to you that's the problem. Your biggest problem is you. You are absolutely your worst enemy, your flesh. If I can talk fast enough, I'm going to get to some other scriptures on this. In Psalms chapter 51, verse 5, David said, In sin did my mother conceive me. This isn't saying that he was conceived in an adulterous relationship, but it says that all of us, just like Ephesians chapter 2, you were by nature a child of wrath. Every person was born a sinner. 
If I had time, I could turn to Romans chapter 5, verses 15 on through the end of the chapter. And five different times, it says, you became a sinner through what Adam did, not through what you do. Your sins did not make you a sinner. Your sins did not cause you to need salvation. You were born a sinner, and it was that sin nature that made you sin. Boy, most people don't understand that. And so if you've lived a relatively holy life, well, then you feel better about yourself. But if you have really messed up big time, some people just can't cope with that. It's because you think that your sins are what caused you to be separated from God. No, it was your sin nature. Again, I wish I had time to do that, but Romans chapter five, go study it out, verses 15 through the end of the chapter, and five different times, by one man's offense, many were made sinners. You were made a sinner through what Adam did. You were born a sinner, and the reason you sin is because that is your nature to sin prior to getting born again. It was your nature. You know, I'm always amazed that I go over to these people's house and they have a dog. And there was this one friend of mine that every time their little dog, every time I came over, it'd get so excited, it'd just wet all over the floor. And they'd, oh, I'm so sorry. And they'd just apologize. And this other friend I was over there, dog had stick their nose in places that nobody nose should be going. And they'd say, oh, I'm sorry. And they'd spank it, you know, and tell, quit doing that. And I always respond and say, it's the dog in them. <laughs> Did you know you can paint their toenails? You can shampoo them. You can put a bow in their hair, but they're a dog. They are not a child. And you can teach it to go to a certain place and use the bathroom over there. But you know what? If it's a dog and if you left it alone and if you didn't punish it and restrict it, it will act like a dog because that's its nature. I know some of you are really offended because your dog is a member of the family. I'm telling you, your dog is a dog. It's a dog, it's not a person, it's a dog. And its nature is a dog nature. And you can paint you up and you can paint your toenails and fingernails and you can get your hair done and you can put on makeup and do whatever you want to, but you know what? Without Christ, you are a sinner by nature and left to yourself, you will sin. I hadn't got time to go through all of this, but this is the reason that even though we are now under grace and that we are a new creature, we still need laws because not everybody's born again. And even a lot of born again people are not letting their spirit man rule. And we need laws. We need restrictions. The fear of God causes people to depart from evil. We need that. And so anyway, I'll talk more about that. Mark chapter 10, verse 18. And Jesus said unto them, Why calleth thou me uh, good? There is none good but one, that is God. Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler who was, he ran and fell at his feet and he said, Good master, what must I do? And Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? I'm either God or quit calling me good. Did you know down there in the 20th verse, he dropped the good and he just said, Master. He wasn't willing to make Jesus God 
And Jesus said himself that there is none good but God. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 talks about all of us have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one. We are all together undone. We have all committed things. You cannot claim goodness on your own. And I, again, know that I am going against tradition and against our society because some people, I'm really a good person at my core. No, you are really a sinner. You are an evil person at your core unless you've been born again. The only way you can feel good about yourself is to compare yourselves among yourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, but they comparing themselves among themselves and measuring themselves by themselves are not wise. This is what the Pharisee did. The Pharisee was in prayer and he saw the publican over there, a tax collector, a person who was a traitor to the Jews and a cheat and stealing money. And he says, Father, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I thank you that I fast twice in the week. I pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin. I thank you that I am not like this publican over there. Jesus said, but the publican, he couldn't even lift his eyes up. He said, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, this man, the publican, was justified in the sight of God, not the religious people. Did you know the only people that Jesus ever rebuked were the scribes and the Pharisees and the hypocrites? You can read it in uh, Matthew chapter 23. He says, you whited sepulchers, you're full of dead man's bones. You look good on the outside, but inside you're full of corruption. The only people Jesus ever rebuked were the religious, self-righteous people. He didn't rebuke the prostitutes. He didn't rebuke the people that were on the you know, the bottom of the rung of the ladder, the publicans. He, he, the only people he rebuked were people who were proclaiming their own goodness. If you were a person saying, but I'm really a good person and I resent what you're saying, Jesus would rebuke you for your self-righteousness. There's a lot of people that say, Jesus, I don't need all of you. I just need a little bit. I'm not like everybody else. If you'll just make up my deficit, I'm really pretty good. Man, that... That's terrible. That's terrible. You need to recognize that without Jesus, you are nothing. And so many other things. Um, I'm going to skip through some of these real quickly. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? You know, here's one of the benefits of understanding the whole of the pit that you came out of and that you were by nature a sinner is because when you understand that any good thing that is in you came from God, it is not you, it is not your nature. Then it'll be like this scripture says, any good thing in you, you received it from God. It came through your relationship with God. And if you received it, then why would you boast as if it was something you did? You know, if you've got a talent or an ability, if you can sing, if you can dance, if you can draw, if you are a, an accountant, if you can work with numbers, whatever it is that you've got, God gave it to you. You did not come up with it on your own. And some of you disagree and say, oh, no, I've worked hard. I went to school. All you did was develop what God put there. You can't put in what God left out. It's God that gave you your health. It's God that gave you whatever talents that you've got. 
But a self-made man or woman will sit there and take pride and say, look what I have done. And yet this scripture says, you don't have a single thing that God didn't give you. And if God gave it to you, then why are you boasting as if somehow or another you did it? Amen or oh me. I know some of you don't like that. You got all of your awards on your mantle and you look at them and just feel like I am awesome. If there is any awesomeness in you, it's because God put it there, not because you deserve it. Proverbs chapter three, verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We are commanded not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in God. Proverbs chapter 14, 12 and 16, 25, it says it twice. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Notice it says the end, there's only one end, singular, are the ways of death. There's many different paths, but they all end up in one place and that's death. If you are trusting in yourself, if you think you are absolutely awesome, if you think that God, no wonder you chose me. What a great choice. Yeah, I can see the wisdom of why you chose me. I am absolutely awesome. That's going to end in death. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this is the reason so many people are failing is because they are trusting in themselves and thinking, God, I don't need you. You know, one of the benefits of the way God worked in my life, this first encounter that I really had with the Lord, he just showed me I was a zero with the rim knocked off. Did you know that one of the benefits of that is that, man, it is easy for me to trust in God because I know that in me, I don't have any ability whatsoever. You know, here I am speaking in front of, I don't know, at least 2,500 people, 3,000 people. I used to be so introverted, I couldn't look at a person in the face and talk to them. When I was 18 years old, I had a man walk by on the street and say, good morning. And I was two blocks down the street sitting in my car. And finally I said, good morning. <laughs> I was painfully shy. And I know that God speaks through me. Some of you may doubt that. Some of you may think that this is all me, but I'm telling you what, I've got a gift and it's from God. It's not from me. There was a time that I was out jogging and I was going six miles a day and I didn't realize it when I went down into low altitude and it was over a hundred degrees that I had to cut back and I had been fasting for three days and so I went jogging my normal pace and ran and I just did something to me and I, I stood in a pulpit on Sunday morning and I had to literally hold on to the pulpit because I couldn't see the front row. Everything was spinning. I did something to me and I, I couldn't put two words together. And I got up to preach and it just flowed out of me. It was so awesome, I went and bought the tape. <laughs> and I listened to it and it was one of the best messages I ever gave and I couldn't put two words together. It wasn't me talking. It was the Holy Spirit. And so it's easy for me to give God the credit for any good thing that's happening because whatever I can do, standing in front of people, this is not me. It is not normal. 
It's a healthy place to be. And then when the devil comes to you and says, you didn't do very good, you sorry thing, instead of me trying to justify myself, I can just agree with him. Well, I never was any good in the first place, amen. If I didn't do any good, it must have been because I wasn't relying upon God. I must have been trusting in myself. The devil, you know, if, if you're dead to yourself, the devil can't do anything to you. If you had a corpse here in front of us, you could spit on the corpse, you could kick the corpse, you could insult the corpse. And if it's a corpse, it isn't going to respond. You know why you respond when people criticize you and something doesn't go right? Because you're so alive to yourself and you think so highly of yourself, it bothers you when you mess up. It doesn't bother me. It, it doesn't surprise me when I mess up. Amen. Now, that I'm not... I don't use the grace of God to encourage that. I'm always trying to follow the Lord and do better. But I'm saying that if I mess up, it does not surprise me. Matter of fact, it would surprise me if I didn't mess up. When we moved into one of our buildings, everybody was just praising God. And like I told you, I have to tell people when I'm excited because I'm always the same. And I had a woman come up to me and she says, you don't act excited. Are you discouraged because we got in here three months later than what you wanted? And I told this woman, I said, look, I've never done anything perfectly in my life. We got in here debt free, $3.2 million. I said, man, I'm thrilled. But see some people, well, it didn't work out exactly the way I wanted. Well, man, that's just because God's got to use me. In Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23, it says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his own steps. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> How do you reconcile that with you being awesome? The Bible says it is not in man to direct his own steps. God gave us that choice. You have the authority to choose your own way, but man, it's the wrong choice. The right choice is to say, God, I can't do anything. Moses was saying, God, show me your glory. And, Moses, and God told Moses, he says, I will be with you and I will go with you. And Moses said, God, if you don't, move, if you don't go with us, I'm not moving. I will not take a step unless you're with me. That's a person who recognized his dependency upon God. And it just so happens that Numbers chapter 12, verse 3 says Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. He was the most humble man. And anyway, I could spend an hour defining humility, but humility is dependence upon God, not dependence upon yourself. There's many other ways to define it. But if you are a self-made man or woman that can say, God, just get me introduced, put me on the stage and I can handle it from here you aren't meek. Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And he says, I'm not moving unless God goes with me. I'm nothing without God. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 15, verse five, the latter part of that verse, he says, without me, you can do nothing. I am the vine. You have to abide in me. Without me, you can do nothing. And I can guarantee you there's people in this room. And again, you're awesome. Thank you for coming. I hope I don't drive everybody off. But I'm telling you that there are many of you that you're too busy to spend time with God. You got too much stuff to do. I mean, you, you spend four hours a day on your phone, on social media, telling people what you're eating now and taking a picture of this and 
doing all of that. And you got so many things that are more important than God. You don't recognize your need for God. You think that you're just fine. You wait until the doctor tells you you're going to die and then you turn off the TV and then you go to seeking God. But if you every day realize that, Father, without you, I can do nothing. It's not saying that you can do less than your potential. You can do nothing without God. Without God, you're nothing. Man, that's a healthy way to think. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33 and Proverbs 18, 12 says, before honor is humility. Everybody's wanting all of these accolades and they want people to feel good about them, but the way up is down in God's kingdom. The way to promotion, Jesus said that among the Gentiles, the people that don't know the Lord, they exercise dominion and authority, but it shall not be so among you. He that will be greatest among you, let him be your servant. Let him be the least. Amen. Boy, that's awesome. Look in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Paul, the man that wrote half of the books in the New Testament says, God forbid that I should glory. The word glory means to magnify, to esteem. God forbid that I should glory in anything except Christ. And yet there's many, many people that, boy, you glory in your accomplishments. You glory in what you've done. I know that this is not the way people think, but that's the reason so many people are being destroyed by the devil. Is because the moment you get off of God and your trust in him and you get out here in yourself, you are pray for the devil. Most people, when your back is against the wall, will seek the Lord because you know you're going to die. Without it, you're going to fail. Something's going to happen. And so, man, you'll get serious. But when everything's going good, you tend to do things on your own because you aren't God dependent. You need, if you understood what I'm trying to say right here, what the Word of God is saying, and you understood your complete inability to function and to glorify God without the power of the Holy Spirit, you would stay in that dependency upon God. You would live that way constantly. You wouldn't just go visit faith every once in a while. The Bible says the just will live by faith. This is where they live. They don't vacation there. They don't go there on Sundays. You live by faith. You live dependent upon God. that there were free materials. I, I couldn't believe it. I downloaded, downloaded. I listened and listened. God has just been awesome. On today's broadcast, you saw an excerpt from Andrew's teaching titled, Who God Is and Who We Are, recorded live from the 2019 Grace and Faith Conference in Telford, England. This four-part teaching is available in a CD or DVD album for a gift of any amount or on a USB drive for only $30. 
Also available is the entire 2019 Grace and Faith Conference, which includes all four of Andrew's sessions, along with teachings from guest speakers Wendell Parr and Dwayne Sheriff. This conference was recorded live in Telford, England, and is available in a nine-part CD or DVD album for a gift of any amount or on a USB drive for only $49. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these teachings. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of August, Andrew will be in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Healing is Here conference with special guest Greg Moore, Audrey Mack, Todd White, Daniel Amstutz, and Carly Tiradez. In September, Andrew will be in Sri Lanka via livecast. This special livecast event is only accessible at the BMICH main conference hall in Sri Lanka. Also in September, Andrew will be in Woodland Park to host the In God We Trust rally with guest speakers Lance Walnow, Pastor Mark Cowart, State Senator Dennis Heisey, and State Representative Mark Baisley. Then he'll be in Washington, D.C. for a Gospel Truth Conference with guest speaker Jeremy Pearsons. Later in September, he'll be in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Also, beginning September 30th, Andrew will be in Woodland Park, Colorado to host the annual Minister's Conference with guest speakers Arthur Menchez, Carrie Pickett, Audrey Mack, Pastors Bob Yandian, Bob Nichols, and Dwayne Sheriff. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Man, before I came to Karis, I was so broken. I dealt a lot with anxiety and depression. I didn't really realize I could have an actual relationship with God. When I came here, I started to see God like, you know, He just wants to have a relationship with me. It totally transformed the way I look at God. God longs to have fellowship with you. This is where faith comes from. It's not just head knowledge, Bible school knowledge, it's revelation knowledge that changes you. Just been set free from a lot of the bondage I was in. I haven't been depressed in so long. Pretty awesome having that just weight lifted and putting on Jesus' yoke. You come here and you meet God personally, and then He gives you a whole new direction. This is a time, this is a season of your life that God's wanting to show you who you really are and what He's wanting to do in your life. If you have a desire for Bible college, God's the one that put it there. If you're considering coming to Karis, I just want to say it's going to be one of the best decisions you've made in your life. We've got a brand new feature. 
If you aren't watching at the time your favorite program comes on, you can go back and get whatever you want to see on demand. It's a great new feature. Check it out at gospeltruth.tv. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I want to invite you to join me on September the 19th through the 21st in Woodbridge, Virginia. I'm going to be at the Hilton Memorial Chapel. We've been there many times and just always have great meetings. And this year, I'm going to have Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons with me. I promise you, these are some of the up-and-coming ministers in the body of Christ today. It's going to be a great time. Of course, we'll have Jamie with me, and we'll have Charlie and Jill LeBlanc doing praise and worship. It's just going to be a great time of ministry, of praise, uh, prayer for people. Remember, it's September the 19th through the 21st, Hilton Memorial Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia.